0: Hello, and welcome to the Surface Tension Podcast. My name is Alex. My co-host over here is Craig. We are going to be exploring deep questions and looking for deep answers to spiritual questions and questions about life in general. We're happy to have you here, and here we go. Hi, welcome to our podcast, and today
1: I want to start by sharing a question that a, a friend of mine, has been incorporating into his operating system, which I think is magnificent. Yeah, great. And he's, he's had, a prof- it's had a profound impact on him and his family. And um, all of us can kind of be selfish at times, right? And be a little self-oriented. Would you say
0: that's true? Quite a bit. Yeah, I find myself in that lane more often than I'd like to. Thinking,
1: thinking about ourselves a little too much and what I want and what I think, whatever. And and one day, and I'm sure this was the Holy Spirit's prompting of him, but uh, he he got this question that just came across his brain. And he's like, hey, um, what's the next good thing I can do? And it was so fun for him to create space to start looking out around him of just saying, what is the next good thing I can do? How does that question hit you?
0: Squarely. I would say that's great because that gets us firmly rooted in the present, lets us orient around where we're at and then where we want to go. So it's that's a different question than a lot of the ones that we tend to explore on this show, which can be a bit bigger, can be more abstract. This one's very much rooted in immediacy and practicality, which yeah. is, I think, really useful. I think there's a time and a place for exploring big existential questions and beautifully crafted hypotheticals, but this one is important in moving through the day in a way that works and yields the most good. This reminds me of the sermon that you and I Listened to on Sunday where the pastor explained that we make roughly 35,000 decisions in a day, which Mm -hmm. is a startling number. And I might be able to count to 300 if I (laughs) were being intentional about it. But if we have that many opportunities of decisions to make within a given day, how often are we examining the ones that are registering with us on a liminal level and saying, well, what if I did the next best thing I could do? What if I did something that was good? What if I did something that was great? What if I did something that was helpful? What is the best thing at which I can aim in any given moment? That's that's important, especially for you know, I'll get personal and say, I'm often arrested in thought and that divorces me from action steps Mm, and I can completely get sidelined by noodling on something. And then all of a sudden there goes the day and I haven't done enough to help others, to help myself, anything like that. So I, I think a lot of us can get Caught up in the maze between our own ears, and that's not always a bad thing, it really isn't. But thinking at the expense of doing, there needs to be a balance, and I like the space that that question allows us to explore. How's that for a rebuttal to the question?
1: Yeah, that's good. Well, I'm just curious what practical. Shift? Do you think that would make in your mindset in the way that you go through your day if that question popped up more often? Practically, what do you think? Because it is a very practical question and it's a very action-oriented. It changes the way we look uh, at the world around us, at opportunities. It, in some ways, uh, challenges us to define good. Um, uh, if you want to go on a deeper <laughs> level, sure. It is a, well, what, what is the good thing? But not getting. Your ball lost in the weeds on that one is probably a good thing as well. But uh, how do you think your day would change practically?
0: I think it would depend on how many times I was focused on the question. And if I wanted to do an experiment, I would want something probably outside of me to be a reminder to ask the question. If I just set an ongoing timer and maybe set the timer at, going off every three hours or two hours, one hour, 30 minutes, whatever, what have you just playing with different intervals. I think that would be an interesting access point into what that would look like because this, as you know, as we know, asking yourself good questions and then transporting yourself outside of the goings on of your day the autopilot mode that most of us find ourselves in, the thoughts that we have on any given day are probably 90% the same day over day, right? We revisit the same exact thoughts, the same problems, the same relationships, and we're not making a ton of headway into the unknown. And thats I think that's probably true of most people And so to kind of speak to a point that you have made to me many a time is that this is like training a muscle in that we need to do it to start seeing the results. And if you walked into the gym and you never been there before and somebody said, okay, go do it, just get in the best shape of your life and just bench press, just go bench press. I think that might be a little bit tricky. So, I think it would be good to explore this maybe with another person and do an accountability check or just to have the external prompt until you started creating this as a habit, if you so wanted to integrate this as a habit and you found it useful.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's, it reminds me, I got a phone call years ago um, from someone that well, I, he was uh, worked for the organization that I was working for at the time. And he called and he said, Craig, you got to call me back. I got the best news for you that you will ever hear in your entire life. High bar. And obviously, that creates some really cool
0: space to go,
1: what? <laughs> Guys, obviously <laughs> not
0: heard of the concept, uh, like undersell over deliver. <laughs> yes.
1: Best news you'll ever hear. And I, it just... For me, that question alone started kind of.
0: Did he just start rattling off quotes of the gospel?
1: No, you know what he? It was it was a voicemail, you know. It just it was before texting even, and it was a voicemail thing. Like, you got to call me back. And in the gap between getting this voicemail and calling him back, I'm like, boy, what would it be? What could it be? Because I kind of was thinking on a very practical, pragmatic level of saying, all right, what news would he be bringing? Because that's in a certain lane. But then if he could really bring the best news that I could ever hear in my entire life, what
0: would I want to hear? I did one of those Nigerian Prince scams. It turned out to be real. I got all the money and (laughs) I want to start a church with you. Was that part of your thought
1: process? (laughs) No. Um no, I didn't. I didn't get the Nigerian prince uh, coming up on my thought map.
0: We have different thought maps. Well, yeah. that's
1: okay. Maybe the Chumash Indians, though. I mean, even just to get a little percentage of the, the so, gambling take would have been okay with me.
0: But where did your mind go, and then how disappointed were you when uh, you <laughs> heard what he had to say?
1: Well, my mind went to the eternal of certain people. Coming to know Jesus and finding a relationship with Him that is delightful to their soul and joy and um
0: gosh, that's a rare space that that's amazing.
1: To me, yeah, this
0: this world, it's we are here for a blip, right? <laughs> this is really a blip, right? And
1: if I really think long, long and hard enough about boy, what would be the best news ever? it's going to be something that's going to last beyond this world. And it's going to include the people that I know and love and have been sharing Jesus with for a long time. And I'm thinking, well, he's got no way of bringing that information to me. So it's probably not going to be something that, but that would be the best news.
0: Right. And it turned out that to would be, be a it. $50 Arby's gift card that he won in a <laughs> that raffle. That would be
1: it. Uh, sometimes best news has to do with those, those that, we love that are close to us. You know, I would love to see you be blessed and succeed in your endeavors beyond your wildest imagination. I'd love to see my girls, uh, meet some wonderful Christian guys and marry them and have lots of little grandchildren (laughs) someday. Sure. Um, but, Uh, Yeah, and I finally wound up talking to him, and we raised, obviously for our ministry, we raised our own support, and we were in a very dry stage, and we had been without paychecks for about four months. And so we were just running on fumes, and he said, someone very generous from our ministry has decided to make up that pay for you at the end of the year. Wow. And that was super cool, and a breath of fresh air— but also a little check you know of saying although this is nice there's gosh something so much bigger and deeper and I love the space that that was that that created and I think along that same line what's the next good thing I can do it can either be for my friend it was uh what's the next what's the next good thing I can do sometimes he says I find myself just um playing with my kids or um, doing the dishes or organizing something for my wife that she's wanted to have organized for a while. It's just a tangible act of service. And sometimes that can be a very small practical thing, but sometimes it can be bigger. Sometimes it can be a bigger vision for um, the next good thing I can do for you might take a while and it might take some time. It might take some exploration of where where are your dreams? Where where is God leading your heart? Where is God leading your imagination? How can I help you get there? And sometimes that can be even a next good thing I can do for someone is to create that space for them to to dream, to believe, to hope that things can be beautiful and different than
0: they are. Is the next best thing you can do occasionally the act of being patient and waiting.
1: Yeah, that's very insightful. Yes. And I would probably add to that, allowing someone to know that you're going to be patient and wait or giving yourself permission to say, I'm just going to be patient and wait.
0: That's the hardest thing. Or I struggle with that. If the play that's being called the next best thing I can do in context, X, Y, and Z is to, Stay ready, stay open, stay willing, but to not give deliberate what I would think of as action steps. I think that's challenging.
1: Yeah.
0: Because yeah. sometimes, sometimes we think of the next best thing we can do as effort oriented. Yes. Yep. But what if it's patience oriented? That is, and then discerning between, okay. How do we figure out what the play call actually is and how are we governing the next best thing? Are we running our play or are we running his play?
1: Brilliant. That's such good space because even that next good thing can be very self-serving. It can be uh, I think you were (laughs) over at our house the other day when I asked, you know, cherish, I was serving her in some way and she's like, you don't need to do that. And I'm like, ah, it's fine. I don't keep score. And, um, were you there for that when we had that conversation?
0: That's happened more than once. Okay, I've been yeah. There. So
1: I'm serving her and I'm doing something and she's like, I'm like, that's fine, you know. I I don't keep score and how many times I serve and you serve and, and I asked her. I said, Do you know why I don't keep score? And in a split second, she said, Because you would lose. <laughs> she's quick. I love it. So great. She is sharp. So so blessed. And it's true. She outserves me all the time. And so my little pittance of service here or there doing some dishes or cleaning something up is paling in comparison to her servant's heart. And um, so, yeah, sometimes even the next good thing can be very self-oriented, right? I'm going to do this so that I get to do what I want to do later. Or there can be self-interest. And so many things.
0: Yeah. I think that's where we might want to, as you would say, how do we make that a better question? Right. So how do we make that a better question? Let me just ask you that deliberately. What's the next best thing I can do? Take that question and I don't know, massage it a little bit. Yeah. Hit it with some sandpaper. What do you got? The big
1: the big one we probably need to ask at some point, whether it's on this podcast or another one, is what questions did Jesus ask himself as he went through this life? All right, so you're swinging for the fences, huh? I am. Morris? Because, okay. I mean, for us, sometimes we feel like in kindergarten, all right, what's the next good thing I can do? All right, I'm going to put these crayons away. <laughs> but if, if Jesus died for us and called us to walk in this world as he walked, then it would be really beneficial for me to ask the questions in my mind, in my heart, my operating system that he asked himself on a daily basis.
0: Gosh, that's an interesting one. But then I go a step further and say, how did he develop the operating system to ask himself the correct questions? And that would be spending time with the father, right? Yes.
1: Yeah. Gosh, you know, it's such a good point because... When I was thinking the other day, I was reading uh, Jesus fed the 5,000. He tells the disciples to get in the boat. They went away to get rest, okay? And then they found a crowd. (laughs) And so he taught, he fed them. He told the disciples to get in the boat and head to the other side of the lake. He went there for rest. And he said in the Bible that he was praying all night. He prayed. And it's so interesting because if I would say, I'm going to go get some rest, that's not code for I'm going to go pray. Sure. (laughs) But for somehow, rest came to his heart, his soul, when he connected with the Father.
0: So, the closest example we can ever get to anybody, closest to the Father, is Jesus. And so, if he's asking himself the best questions of himself about the next best thing that he yes. can do, yep. if we're playing a spiritual Sherlock Holmes, we're trying to solve that mystery. I think we're solving it right now in that it's simply the relationship and spending time with the Father yes. that would allow the Holy Spirit to work. Yes. And prompt us with the good questions, right? So in the beginning of this episode, you said, oh, I don't know how my friend arrived on that question, but then you also said it was probably the Holy Spirit working within him. Right?
1: Right, yeah. Yes, absolutely, 100%. And um, my, my mind, I'm sorry, I was still drifting on this Jesus spending time with the Father Yeah, stay <laughs> on it.
0: Well, absolutely stay on it.
1: It, he made, Jesus makes two remarkable statements in the New Testament. He said, "I only say what I hear the Father saying, and I only do what I hear the Father doing." And and I love that he had such,
0: coachable athlete.
1: <laughs> he had such a closeness with the Father that he was seeing what the Father sees. He was saying, or some often asking questions <laughs> that he was hearing the Father prompt him to to ask and he was only doing what he saw the father doing and i'm so curious about that i'm curious what is that is that doing meaning what he was doing in heaven and how he was operating in heaven or what he was doing in the world around him but it gets very close to this what's the next good thing that you want us to do because it it creates space for us to see through god's lens
0: And I can look at that a couple different ways, seeing things through God's lens. But I'll tell you about the way that Jesus looked at it. He was energized, enthused, connected. But for some reason that lands with me in a way where I'm like, gosh, that sounds tough. That sounds like a lot to manage. That sounds like a lot of responsibility seeing things as God sees things to act in a way that's Jesus adjacent as much as possible, doing that all the time. So Jesus, of course, knows quite a few things that we don't. Yes. And so why might we not want that? Why would we not want to always occupy that space of being lock step in tune with God we've kind of touched upon this before is that there's something that we're missing that we don't understand about the joy that that brings otherwise we would all be pursuing it right right so what are we missing yeah well
1: it, it, this comes to mind um you know, I shared with a friend a little while ago, he's like, what, what are you really about? What are you about? And I'm like, I want to bring... What a question. I said, I want to bring a big, beautiful vision to every single person that I'm around. And he's like, okay, well, how do you do that? How are you doing that? And I'm like, well, I help people see themselves through God's lens, right? I help people see other people through God's lens. I help people see God accurately as as he is. Uh, I help people to understand their purpose through God's lens. Um, and I think sometimes if we are hesitant about embracing the God lens mission that we have, we we need to go back to some of the other steps. How accurately have I really understood you, God? What, do I really understand your heart? How accurately have I understood your heart for me, your tenderness, your love for me. Cause I think if we have those things, then seeing the world through his eyes and the role that he wants us to play in that changes.
0: Well, then it, I would think it would move away from the performative and just pivot straight to this is, this is how I operate. I don't evaluate it. It simply is because I am rooted in love and truth. And I don't, the effort piece that I'm attaching to, how do I get more dialed in with God? How do I make more God centered decisions? How do I ask myself more Jesus like questions? We've talked about this before. Those should be positive consequences of the relationship not necessarily items on a checklist, right? Right.
1: Mm-hmm. You created some good space in my mind to uh, ask an interesting question. I'm going to flip the script a little bit. Yeah, yeah, go hard. If you, God, God of the universe created everything there is, right? Looks at you and says, what's the next good thing I could do for Alex? What's your answer?
0: Keep loving me. As if that were something that I would need to request, but it maybe I would just need the, reassur- the reassurance and that's potentially holding up a mirror to some personal insecurity. And that's fine. God knows that about me. Mm-hmm. That's not something that I would have to be ashamed of.
1: Yeah. We would, if we truly knew the heart of the Father, we would be very comfortable with our insecurities. <laughs>
0: Right, because he is. He is. Okay, ask yourself that question. Go ahead.
1: You know, it's it's funny because it we do have to be mindful of uh, our thought map, right, and where we go. What's boy? I've, I know God's saying there. What's the next good thing I can do for Craig? I have to wait and not just settle for that first thought, right. Our first thought. My first
0: thought when you asked me that was <laughs> yeah. to discard worldly options. Hmm. That was where yes. my first thought went yeah. is discard things that have a worldly bend to them. And I don't even know if I landed on the correct answer after that first thought. So where's your first thought?
1: My my first thought would be uh, more circumstantial, changing changing some things. Uh, Again, not the best thoughts, first thought. (laughs) We've talked about this on past podcasts. Oh, yeah. The first thought is just the first thought. And my first thought is, uh, boy, what's the next thing God, boy, if he looks at me, I'd love for him to change change some things in the circumstances that I'm working with, working with people who have marriage challenges, work challenges, ministers who are walking through really, difficult things. I would love for those things to go away, but this is part of the beautiful story that God's writing for that person. God's wanting to forge something in them through this season that is very tough and challenging. Um, So my first thought was changing some circumstance, but I like the space that you created with with love. And I guess if I was going to open up the kimono and... (laughs) share the pages of my journal, I would say, obliterate the shame that's hindered me for most of my life.
0: Hit me with your definition of shame, because I think we did that off a recording maybe two or three weeks ago. Yeah. And I like your definition of shame, because it isn't the world's definition of shame. So go ahead and, and, and clarify yeah, that. Yeah, shame as
1: I've done a lot of research on it, cause it's been something that I've struggled with for a long time. It's simply feeling like you're not good enough, <laughs> either what you're doing or who you are. It's, I, I, I'm not enough. I'm not doing enough. I need to do more. It's this performance mentality that says, if I just do it right, I'll get the love that I want from people. If I just figure things out, I'll, I'll get that. But It's this hamster wheel of, I'm not enough. I'm not enough. I don't know if I'll ever be enough. And that's the crippling part of shame, that you have messages, people going through their life and work and relationships. Uh, I'll never be enough to make my wife happy. I'll never be enough to be as successful as I'd like to be. Fill in the blank. Sure. I'll never be enough as a parent or a father or a son or... And that is absolutely crippling because you have to ask the question enough. Well, okay, if we're not enough, enough for what?
0: And compared to what?
1: And compared to what? If we already have, as you had mentioned, the unbelievable love from the Father and a sense of belonging from Him, a mission that He wants us to engage with today in small ways or in big ways why why do i need to keep evaluating myself on this spectrum of enough enough for what i'm trying to earn something
0: i just keep going back to the the question you asked a few moments ago dear craig dear alex what's the next best thing i can do for you? My answer, if I really whittle it down, is, well, you've already done it. Yes. Help me accept it. That That's
1: it, right? Help, help me accept it because he's already obliterated the shame operating system. And for some reason, I keep firing it back up, queuing <laughs> it back up. I make a mistake. I beat myself up.
0: But I, that's not a conscious choice either. I mean, no, we're very no. much shaped by past relationships, circumstances that get us into the space of, I don't know if weakness is the right word, but mistrust, fear, lack of relational security. And I would be more surprised at somebody that didn't have any of that going on than the person who did.
1: Yeah, it's a very good point. And I, again, we're not making this a whole podcast on shame, but there there is a healthy part of guilt and shame that comes from feeling badly when you behave badly. This is more of a, you feel badly just existing, just who you are in your being. And I think that's important because God does use healthy guilt and shame to help make us aware of things and bring behavioral modification and alignment with his heart for us. What is the next good thing you are going to do today, Alex? Record another podcast with you. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. I do. I just like the space that questions create, right?
0: What's the next great thing? And you can't use the answer I just gave.
1: <laughs> you know, that question for me creates space for relationships. I need. I need to call a couple people. I need to text a couple people. I I often, God often leads me when that space is created to use my gift. I believe I have a gift of encouragement and wisdom. And I, if, if I call and reach out to people and encourage them, that's a good thing.
0: This would be a really cool question to ask on multiple timescales. Hmm. If we were writing it down in a journal... And we said, what's the next best thing? What's the next good thing I can do within the next hour, within the next day, within the next week, within the next month, within the next year, within the next decade, all of these things, it would be fun to have parallel lists and help us sort out our priorities, not just today, but to help map out where we're headed I, I that. think that
1: creates a I nice space. It does, and i I would also encourage if if someone is bold enough to actually do that to create that list and then hold it up to God and say, God, what do you think of this? What do you th- what there do you, you go. think? That's it of what I think is is good and worthy of being pursued.
0: Well, ask Him to bless your thoughts as you're authoring the list and yes. during the review yes. process, right? Yeah,
1: absolutely, and say, hey, this is where I'm gonna. I'm gonna walk towards and uh, hey, this has been fun. It's been fun to create some space to talk about that next good thing I can do because I think it is. It's practical, but it's also deep because we we start leaning into the heart of God and say, "What is good? What is the most loving thing I can do for this person right now?" And it it might be a text of encouragement. It might be serving them in a tangible way, but maybe there's a bigger bigger way we can get involved in someone's life and do something good for them. It's it's God doing good through us, right? Hey, thanks for joining our podcast today. Hope you are encouraged, inspired in some way. Have a great day.
0: Remember, the greatest compliment you could ever extend to us if you're enjoying this is sharing this with somebody who you think uh, might benefit from it. As we grow this podcast and our listenership, the there's a whole lot of different goals, but the primary goal is, to bring more people closer to God with a more accurate understanding of who God is and God's love for them. And we're happy to have you on this journey with us.
1: Thanks for joining us today.